Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. We are here to talk about episode three, season two of Dark, and I'm looking forward to it. What about you, Conrad? Yeah, this is a this was a good episode. Um, I I texted you not. I actually don't remember when I texted you like three days ago to say I think I think this is the saddest episode we've seen so far, um, and I am looking forward to discussing exactly why. Sad as in like not cool or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad as in, uh, it, I I'm someone who grew up in the '90s when sad was was a sort of disparaging term. Uh, it, yeah. was, it was it was very uh, it was heartbreaking in places. This episode it was probably. I won't spoil it before we get into it, but probably the best dramatic episode, I'm going to say. I'm trying to think back to see if there's anything else that comes to mind. I'm sure there is, but this was a really good dramatic episode. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. Can't wait to get into it. Um, have you been up to anything strange or startling this week? Um, I'm just, uh, well... I worked an, an 18-hour shift like two days ago, but that's neither exciting nor particularly interesting, so so I'm going to say no. Uh, I just asked you if there's anything strange or startling going on. Any listeners that we have that come from Northern Ireland will recognise that phrase. My driving instructor used to, every time I got in the car to do a lesson with him, my driving instructor used to go, anything strange or startling? <laughs> That's great. That would an, immediately put my mind at ease for some for some driving. Yeah, and I got test first time. You know, he was a good driver. He was a good driving instructor. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So um, make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Make sure you subscribe to the podcasting apps. Um, if you want to contribute to the show, we have a tip jar. We bought our microphones with it, and we know we know the microphones are too good. You could hear our clicking, our mouse clicks all last week. <laughs> Uh, there was a few people comment about that. We'll try to do our best uh, to fix that. Most people didn't seem to care, but um, the, even if it, if it soothes one soul, we'll try not to do it. Um, okay, so apart from that, I think we're ready to go. Uh, we've got a big, long, great episode today. We're also going to have a question and answers. I think we've got about 10 to 11 questions this Saturday for you, Conrad, so you'll be enjoying oh, nice. those. Yep, it'd be great. I don't know if there's any for me. Hopefully there are. Hopefully there are. Um, okay, so let's just get straight into them. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! The episode opens with a young Helga uh, in the blue bunker room, which we assume is 86. I, th- I think we've sort of deduced that that's it. I don't think we were ever told 100% that was 86, but we've deduced anyway that it is. Uh, uh, you, you were told it because Jonas is in that room. Jonas sees that room in like episode 9 of last season, when he's in the 80s. Oh, that's right. They take him away there. Yeah, they take yeah, it. yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, we. I think that still would count as deduction, but but one hundred percent. We're pretty much one hundred percent certain this is the eighties. And yeah. uh, Noah is loading Helga up into a time travelly cupboard thing that yep. he's created. He, he's he's done some work on it in the downtime between eighty six and eighty seven. Yeah, so the, the, I should actually remind us that this is about sort of seven. Uh, I think it was November, and now this is June. So about seven months have gone by. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's he's a bit hard at work, that's for sure. Yeah. He, well. Yeah. He's actually got it working now for for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was always working. It's just he's keeping them alive. <laughs> working to a to a degree. <laughs> to a degree. Yeah. Uh, so um, okay. What did you think of this opening? Um, so it was a, it was a really interesting way of basically establishing how Helga ends up 
essentially working for Noah. The whole like sort of we are your home, we're watching over you thing kind of implies that Helga has been fully indoctrinated into, um, if if not Noah, then potentially also Adam's mm-hmm. cult of of followers here, because um, obviously they've been. I guess looking after him for the last for the last eight months, and also we see yeah. the origins of the uh, of the TikTok here as well. We do, yes, actually, and we were you. That's kind of like a prediction you got right actually from last week because you did say that this is going to be the the onus of him sort of having the TikTok TikTok. I think you were saying maybe it was something to do with the noise of what was it the noise of the machine in the tunnel. Yeah, underneath. it was it, when when Stranger Jonas opened the portal. Uh, that initially sucked Helga through, I thought that he would have maybe heard some of the clockwork of, ah, yeah. of that. So, I mean, I'm happy to take the points, don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like this this maybe might fall into into that unsatisfying orange score territory. Yeah, it probably is. Like, you were right that he was... Get- yeah, he did get it from sort of this experience, but not in the exact same way as you said. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the design of this particular time machine? It, it looks very... It- it looks very kind of rudimentary to me and i feel like that's kind of by design almost like it, it, the tan house is kind of almost sort of posited as like an artist in the sort of baroque nature of the time machines he produces mm-hmm. whereas this one even though it seems like functionally it does pretty much exactly the same thing it's very sort of industrial it's just like essentially a barrel with a chair in it that, <laughs> yeah. that you that you stick some cesium 137 into the back of and it sends people through time um so yeah it's very starkly different to the uh to the tanhouse time machine it is but i did notice that the cesium little uh what do you call it, like cartridge yeah. that he's putting it in with was almost the identical to the townhouse cartridge as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I don't know enough about modern science to say whether th- those kind of capsules for storing radioactive material actually exist. So assuming oh, okay. that they assuming that they don't, it's probably a safe bet to say wherever they come from, Noah and Adam and Co are getting them from the same place that Claudia is is getting them from. Uh, yeah. Potentially, I guess potentially somewhere in the future. Okay, uh, awesome. So then from there we get uh, after the credits we get an opening of Doris. <laughs> yeah, having a, having a good time. Doris and Agnes up to no good. Up to no good. Yeah. Uh, so sort of they're having a bit of a good time here, and then, yeah. then and then Claudia walks in. Um, yeah, they get rumbled. Apparently, they haven't yeah. heard of locking doors in in this household. Which, if you're going to have an illicit homosexual affair in the fifties, I feel like a <laughs> locked door might be a good idea. Like uh, at some point. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the key key being that in the fifties, they they didn't seem to be really minded. I suppose she's in her own house, and Claudia's maybe meant to be at school or something. I don't know where Claudia's meant yeah. to be. Anyway, but uh, yeah, locked door probably would have saved them a little bit of, bit of their blushes there. Um, so. Claudia comes in. Uh, Agnes pays her for her silence, basically. Yeah, exactly. Pays her on fruit drops, which uh, <laughs> yeah. that would definitely work on me. Yeah, yeah, for, for, of course. Um, and then Agnes sort of uh, packs up her things and she's got a few errands to run, a few things to do. Yes, yeah, she does, as, as we will see throughout this episode. Um, I, I liked the every family has its secrets as Agnes is trying to calm Doris down, which is a bit of a, you don't say kind of moment um, <laughs> yeah. in the script. And also, I don't know if this is deliberate or not. I feel like it probably was, but but when um, Agnes leaves, uh, she says, you're beautiful to uh, to Doris, which feels like a little mirror of what Ulrich says to Hannah in the first episode. Sort of, um, 
it implies a certain distance in the relationship like she doesn't actually love her so so all she can do is comment on her physical appearance because she's doing all of this under instruction true but uh and also she is Ulrich's uh, grandmother so that's it's sort of a parallel there as, as well. well yeah but um what are you implying that also Ulrich was uh under instruction when he oh well no like I, I think Ulrich was just just didn't have any kind of affection for Hannah beyond the physical so um and this is just a mirror of that saying that Agnes is doing this because she's being told to do it um so she she can't bring herself to sort of make any kind of grand declarations of love and it has to be a pure comment on the physical awesome okay um yeah I, I think I would agree with you um it sort of does allude to her having some some secret goings on um and I think that that's sort of compounded as well with what she gets up to in this episode. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so then we get the title card. It's Helga going walking back to his uh, the Doppler mansion, and it says four days till the apocalypse. It's the twenty third of June, nineteen fifty four. Yep, we're getting close. We're getting ticking away, ticking away. Uh, it is following the same pattern of every every episode a day as it did in the first uh, series. Yeah. Um, so also again, they didn't put the uh, this is going to be a common thing in this series, but they don't this season. But they don't put the uh, the German name of the the episode up. So yeah, the episode is Ghost. <laughs> so our new thing is that Conrad tries to translate it because uh, he's, <laughs> he's got he's got a high level uh, of uh, doing yep. German till he was sixteen. Well practiced in directing German men to beaches in Mallorca. Um, you know, that's, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I did French. I only got a C because I didn't study and I just, it was all multiple choice. But I got, I got, I got uh, and they let me uh, read my thing in the audio exam. <laughs> yeah. But, but I one time asked for like 500 grams of uh, mussels or something in a restaurant in France. And that was the only time I've ever used French. Uh, did you, did you get 500 grams of mussels? I didn't weigh them, but, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but I'd, I'd imagine I'd imagine I did. Um, I mean, I don't know the re- that the requester ever made it to the beach. To be fair, I I sent them on their way and they went off walking, but you know they may have never been heard from again. So yeah, we're still walking to this day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just walking around around a roundabout. Yeah. Um, okay, so the episode in English is ghosts. Yeah. Did you, do you happen to know that word? So I would. Uh, my first thought with this was that it was going to be Geisten because obviously. Um, I, to my to my knowledge, Geist is ghost in German, but uh-huh. there is a uh, a line in this episode a bit later where Regina is looking for her book called The Ghosts, and she says Der Geschwenster. So I might be completely wrong about Geist being the word for ghost. Um. You, okay. So I think you should get the points for this because it is Geist is the word for ghost. Okay. Uh, but it's Geister. Geister, okay. Because it's plural, ghosts. You know? Yeah, so I, I went for Geisten, but yeah, Geister. Those, yeah, that, that, like I got my pluralization wrong. I wonder what Geschwenster actually translates to then, or whether that's a... that's it's Maybe spirit or something? Yeah, possibly. That's interesting. Well, if someone... In, we have some German listeners or German-speaking listeners, so that would be interesting to, to know if what the what the sort of difference between those words actually is. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I'm I'm really impressed that you knew what ghost was, or at least the root of ghost. Because why did you need that in your GCC? Uh, it, I I can't exactly tell you, but it definitely revolves <laughs> around the Toe Pooper movie Poltergeist. I was definitely talking to someone about that and being like, "Oh, what does that mean?" And it was, and I, I can't actually remember what Polter translates to, but I, from that I learned that Geist means ghost. 
Okay, fair enough. That's great. But I'm being uh, set up for a fall here, though. I'm saying this now. Like I've got really lucky with the first three episodes of this, but it's <laughs> it's gonna go badly wrong as soon as there's any kind of complex sentence in a title. Oh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Uh, right. Okay. So th- then Helga eventually completes his walk up to the house. Comes in. He arrives home, and Doris is very happy to see him. Uh, but she sort of looks at his ear and everything, and she's obviously a bit horrified as what's happened to her son. Oh, is this woman's name Doris as well? No, sorry, sorry, it's not Doris. Uh, Greta. Can, oh, Greta, yeah, I couldn't yeah, remember yeah. her name for the whole episode. Um, yeah, she seems... She's a hard character to get a read on, Greta, because she definitely seems happy to see him, but there's there's always that kind of... She's almost get, afraid of him a bit. Yeah, like she seems she seems like a mixture of afraid of him and like just incapable of expressing emotion. It's it, she's an interesting character, but yeah, there's definitely still a kind of emotional distance between them even at the moment where she first sees him and is at her kind of most outgoing. Yeah, 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 I would agree. Um when well, there was that one moment sort of in turn, the kind of well, there's two, two moments actually in her character that kind of crack through and show that she is a bit of a loving mother and that's the first season when she's looking for him whenever Ulrich's just beat his head in yeah yeah and uh in this episode as well during the montage when she's uh looking at him uh through the window of his of his, of his door um when he's praying when I he's think. praying yeah 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 so there's, there's little chinks in her armor but very much she's sort of uh very of the time, I would say. Uh, yeah, I think may- maybe it is just that she's very prim and proper and doesn't have the tools to sort of express, um, you know, any kind of complex emotions. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, okay, so then we get uh, Egon and uh, Daniel Carnvald. Yeah, uh, D- Daniel Carnvald seems like he's he's sort of the, <laughs> the, the, the proto-Ulrich here. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a trend of police like this in, in Vinden, I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Egon's sort of asking him for a bit of advice. Uh, he soon learns that Daniel's maybe not the person to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, let off some steam. Plenty of uh, tender buds to be plucked, he yeah, says. Yeah, it's just like, Jesus Christ, honestly. And like, uh, you know, Egon, uh, bless him, He j- he's, you know, I think throughout this episode, I don't even want to say he suspects something is up with Doris. I'm pretty sure he knows exactly what is going on, but he's too nice of a guy to you know really i guess rock the boat or or you know start asking for a divorce or things like that but yeah, yeah. here he's sort of like questioning whether it's normal for you know th- this married couple to just never have sex and daniel carnval's advice is like <laughs> i just gotta have sex with someone else <laughs> yeah. like, just utterly utterly remorseless <laughs> It is great. I don't know. Like he's a character that, that has very little to do so far in the story, but it, it, this is the first sort of real yeah. opening up as to what he's like. You know? Yeah, he just smokes and recommends adultery. Yeah. Although in this scene as well, we did get the uh, the great, um, which actually doesn't really happen too often in Dark. Happens a lot in other TV shows. But the name of the episode drop. So uh, he's talking about um, he, he's talking about how people live. He's like makes you wonder how people live, almost like ghosts. I didn't. Right. I didn't catch that actually. That's good though. Yeah, there's. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't see that that often in this. No, you don't know. And I was. I was expecting like you know Horatio in uh, TSI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lens Put his glasses on. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Won't get fooled again. Uh, I was at the Who. I, I've just given yeah, away. I've like, never watched CSI. I yeah, only know all, it from the meme. Yeah. So all all CSI. I think all the CSIs have the Who uh, as their soundtracks. Oh okay. 
yeah, just like a little bit of trivia for you there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, if you've never seen CSI, you should just watch the double episode which Quentin Tarantino directed. That's all I'll say. Oh, wow. How did they get yeah. him to do that? I don't know. He's, Quentin Tarantino is like a huge fan of everything to do with film and TV. He probably like literally, he probably loves watching like game shows and stuff. And he probably wants to direct them too. Yeah, watches like 20 questions from from like 60 years ago whenever that show started I think Blockbusters is his favourite <laughs> right, I knew okay. someone who was on Blockbusters once just as a, as a brief aside and then oh, they, did you? they explained to me like the school that they got yeah this was when I was like working at a bank when I was like 23 and they explained to me the school they got and it reminded me that I can't remember anything about the scoring system in Blockbusters <laughs> four goats and a sheep uh <laughs> But uh, also, Stephen Merchant was on uh, Blockbusters, so look that up. Agree. <laughs> he's, he's been interviewed, and he goes on about how uh, annoying. He's like talking about how unfair it was because he was the single person versus the two. That's yeah. That like that always seemed unreasonable to me. We'll have to do a podcast on this. On Blockbusters, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll actually do when we finished all of Dark. We'll do a, a Dark episode of Blockbusters. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, we'll, we'll both of us will verse each other, and we'll get someone to mediate it. That'd be great. Yeah, we should definitely do that. Look, like, yeah. look out for that in the near future. This entire <laughs> yeah. this entire segment has been awful for like ninety percent of our listeners who have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, well, they'll know what we're talking about when we do it. <laughs> That's true. Look, look out for that in the future. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, so next scene. Uh, Claudia's mom. Uh, so Claudia's sort of complaining to Tronta, saying her mom never listens to her. Um, she doesn't think that she think like she thinks that her her mom uh, Doris says thinks that she doesn't understand anything because she's only a kid. Um, yeah. When I, she says, "When I have kids, I'll be different." Mm, yeah, it's an interesting cut between this ep- this scene and the next one that maybe suggests that isn't quite how this worked out. Um, yeah, yeah I, the one thing I took from this scene really, obviously, you've got Tronta talking about his mother's brother, which becomes very obvious who that is by the end of the episode, but. Um, him being in an orphanage, I don't know whether I'm misreading that, but to me that sounds like Agnes isn't his biological mother. That was my take on that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Like, that take. can you can you put? I don't actually know if you can put kids into an orphanage. Like, if you're an orphan, your parents have died, right? It's not just like I guess you could be abandoned, but um. I don't know whether you go into an orphanage if, like, say, your mother isn't or one of your parents isn't like fit to look after you for a little while or something like that. But yeah, I think I think you do. Yeah, you can. Okay. Well, uh, you know, in, through my job, I know of that happened happening to certain pupils of mine as well. Yeah. So, but that was my read was that okay? So, Agnes is not his biological mother, which makes but, some things interesting. Or well, I suspect she's not. Well, based yeah. So when I when I watched this for the first time, what I always assumed uh, was. Like and um, this obviously gives you a note. This is what I thought at the time. I thought to myself, "Oh, okay, so maybe you know she, because after this episode we figure out that she is involved in some way in the time travel world." Yeah. So I thought to myself, "Oh, maybe she was like gone in a different time for a while, and like he was, well, you know, he came back and got him." That's, that's yeah. What I that's like I that's this. the that is the other possibility. Yeah, that she just was away for a while, which also seems totally plausible given what we know about her relationships with certain people. Yeah. Exactly. Um, also. Tronta. Um, <laughs> how do I approach this? Go on, uh, explain what he does. So they both seem so severe about this. That yeah. So Claudia's about. really got a bit of power over Tronta here, doesn't she? Yeah, and, but neither of them seem to be having any fun. 
So basically, Trump, uh, Claudia says, like, you know, can I see it or whatever? Or now. I think she just goes, now? Yeah. And, uh, and then he unzips uh, and he bears his penis to her. Um, interesting. Yes. What do you think of this? I, I mean, there's been, there's been like a sort of childish sort of frisson between them, I think, um, in previous episodes of of last season where she says he looks like James Dean and stuff like yeah. that. So my read of it is just that there's, this is kind of the behavior of sort of two prepubescent or maybe just pubescent sort of children who are sort of attracted to each other, but don't really understand anything about adult relationships yet. Yeah. Um, but maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe there is a power, power dynamic here. I mean, obviously we know that that whatever attraction there is between these two turns into a sort of fully fledged sexual relationship once they're Some adults. Point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, to me this this felt like quite apart. Well, the, the the only thing that like part about this that felt weird is how severe they both seem because <laughs> neither of them are like smiling or anything. <laughs> like yeah, Tronta yeah, just yeah. Tronta looks like he's going for like a military examination. Like he just stares straight ahead and thinks of England and yeah. <laughs> like, like which is which. It's not. It's. It doesn't seem like he's having much fun. Like what? Maybe like let's. It, it, what I can imagine that that sort of emotion being. Maybe maybe he accidentally like walked in her in the bathroom or something, and then she was like, "Well, I'm oh, getting you back when it. we're when yeah. we're out in the woods. I'm getting you back." Yeah, he's got to even the score. That's how it works. Yeah. That's 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 the rules, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So also in the scene, we get the little drop of information that Toronto's mom has a brother. Yep. Who could that be? I wonder. So did you when you first heard that did you straight away think Noah? Yeah, like when when uh, this is one of one of those annoying things where um because it happens in the same episode I don't get to claim to be smart. But as soon as he said it because I think we discussed previously about my theory which the show kind of suggested, or Agnes yeah, kind of suggested... Very much the show was leading you down that, that route. That Noah was her husband. And you suggested, I think, when we talked about it, that maybe she's not telling the truth. And as soon as Tronta said that her mother had a brother, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, God damn it. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't mean she wasn't telling the truth. It just means that that preacher man... Oh, God, yeah, all right, okay. I'll look for the other priest that's going to turn up in this series. <laughs> It's yeah. yeah, so um, definitely that definitely that was them, them trying to lead you down a path. Yeah, 100%. and they and they got me. They had me believing, you know, believing her at um, at face value, which is obviously like Agnes is probably. I'm trying to think if there's many others. Maybe Hannah, like Agnes, is probably the most dishonest character I think we have in the show at the moment. You know, she, like, I, I don't really trust anything that she says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree. It's very, very, very strange about goings on. Uh, okay, so after this, as you said, alluded to, we were talking about Claudia was talking about how her mom treats her. Then we flash to Claudia in the eighties being a mother. Mm. Um, first thing is we see her if she has the time machine. It sort of shows us that again. Uh, also, she offers to do. She, this scene sort of mirrors the uh, Jonas and Hannah scene from um, was it series one. Yeah, series one. Whenever uh, Hannah says, "Do you want to like skip school and come and do something with me?" Mm, yeah, no. There's um, there's a definite. I suppose that with the Jonas and Hannah scene, it's more Hannah's being slightly self indulgent in that scene because she she kind of wants some company, so she wants Jonas to to come and keep her company. Whereas with this, mm-hmm. there's she a was more... feeling sad about Ulrich, I think, at that time. Yeah, so, yeah, she was. Yeah. Whereas with this, Claudia obviously has the ticking clock of knowing 
that her time with Regina is very, very limited and running out. And she's trying to make up for lost time and build a relationship with her while she still can. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the really sort of palpably sad things about this episode is Claudia's arc over this episode. You can see her kind of wrapping up loose ends, not just old Claudia, but also middle Claudia, wrapping up these loose ends because she knows that she's not going to get another opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just really sad to see how little she is able to sort of get out of these relationships because of the damage that she's done to them um you know through actions she's taken even before she knew about the time travel side of things to be honest yeah yeah i would fully agree with you this this episode uh definitely packs a a lot of dramatic punch to it uh and uh like the mirroring as well yeah as of like middle claudia's sort of storyline in this episode to old claudia as well as you say both sort of tying up these loose ends um i think this is all this is also an episode which we'll get into i'm sure where uh egon really comes into uh sort of most fans i think after this episode would view egon as one of their favorites uh definitely. yeah like and there's a there's a very very definite sort of line of comparison between egon and and claudia in this episode where you know a lot of their actions are mirrored with each other and it's it definitely leads to a couple of real sort of heart in the throat moments between those two yeah definitely um okay uh, and unfortunately for for regina uh she is going to be without a mother for a long time it seems at the minute mm-hmm. um yeah so i think i guess the implication is i mean we'll get into it later but by the end of this episode regina may never see her mother again that seems yeah. like that seems like the case that seems like the case yeah um okay so after that, we get a scene where Egon is listening to Creator. Oh my god! Like, I just want to grab Egon in this scene. And be like, you've had this line three li- these, this line three times now, Egon. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, one of them was in the in the fifties. Yeah, that's true. But like, it's, it's staring you in the face, man. Come on. Yeah, it is. It god is. God bless him. Yeah, he's great. But uh, there's another mistake in this scene, by the way. Um, uh, what's that? I would never have noticed this myself. I just happened to... I've, I've read someone somewhere... I can't even remember. Somewhere on the internet, I read this a long time ago, that the particular um, copy or version of this uh, album is uh, was only released in 2017. Oh, is it like a special edition LP or something? Yeah, like the, it's like, you know, like the opening... the f- open, own, What do you call it? Like uh, whether you're able to open it up and it folds open. I can't remember what the, the actual name of that type of uh, record uh, cover is. Yeah, I can't remember. I know the yeah, one you're but, talking about, though. Yeah, but that that was the new version. Unbelievable. Uh, I know. Send Baron Burrador all the letters that you possibly can. Got to so get this like, correct. That's at least three. That's at least three. I mean, those sort of proppy, those proppy mistakes aren't real mistakes, but still, they count. They count. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. We have to let these idiots know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're on to them. <laughs> yeah. All right, okay. Um, next Helga is not speaking uh, to Egon when Egon goes around to visit. Um, no. Doesn't want to say a word. Uh, so Egon goes in and tries to speak to him. Um, and uh, Greta gets very aggravated here. And sort of, it's almost as if she sort of feels like the devil's in him or something. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there is there is that implication later on that uh, that he might be possessed, which... Yeah. <laughs> make that two characters who have made explicit references to possession and satanism in this series so i i feel feel like i feel like egon and greta would get on like a house on fire if 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 older egon could come back and see her now 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like, uh, yeah, this Egon at this and this Egon at this stage has only started getting the seed of Satanism. Put yeah, in he, he's just started thinking about Satanism as a problem. Whereas if yeah, if old Egon could come back to the fifties, these two would have a lovely chat about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like a little little Satanism anti Satanism <laughs> yeah, club. Yeah. And Antisa. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, finally, someone's yeah. doing it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, from there, we get uh, Claudia goes to visit Helga because um, she she realizes she finds the book that Helga gave uh, gave her, you know, strange present out of nowhere. And Helga sort of explains here that he he thought that she was the only person who would understand. You know. Yeah. Um, and and then at the end of the scene, he sort of starts erupting and saying, "Noah, never trust him. Never trust him." Yeah, so, I mean, there's a bunch of interesting stuff in this scene. So I think um, the first thing that struck me, which actually really wasn't anything to do with this scene, was that on reflection, I wonder if the White Devil might be cloudier. Because I think when we talked about it last week, my mm-hmm. my initial feeling was like, oh, that must be Noah. Because of the devil bit, basically. I don't know why you'd call Claudia the White Devil, really. Yeah. But the white hair, it seems more fitting of her than it does of Noah. And that would also potentially explain why he thought giving the book to Middle Claudia might help because he knows what she turns into because presumably he's had some interaction with old Claudia or at least is aware of her given Noah is, is also um, also aware of her. Um, but there's a great line in this scene that, that, that probably needs some unpacking, which I haven't fully Does done Does that mean yet. you have two ongoing theories now about who the White Devil is? Uh yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah you, I get. I, you're I, sort I, of you, you, if one of them is the white devil, you're doomed to just even out on the points, though. Yeah, you so have I, to commit I, to one. I'd I, say. I want to. I want to try not having. I, I, there's another one which we'll get into a bit later to do with someone's parentage, um, oh. but uh, that is uh, overlapping on a previous one. And I do. I do want to try and not have. You know, I don't want to put down every single person in Wyndon as every other person's parent because also yeah, 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 like, yeah. kind of cheats. Um, but uh, yeah, that is that is definitely one of them. Um, so so that means that you'll like by the end of this episode we'll have a chat about that then, and you can decide which theory you want to take forward in the Matrix, basically. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that for both of them then. You I can start like retiring your own theories. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And like gray them out. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, but um, there's a there's a lovely line in this scene uh, where Helga says, "Time is always with you wherever you go," which oh yeah is very it's a it's just a really lovely line that that kind of there's a lot in that in terms of what it says about how we carry our history with us but then also this idea that these people aren't fixed points in time but they're sort of mm-hmm. bringing both their pasts and futures with them when they're traveling through time it's 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 a really really brilliant bit of writing that um, yeah yeah and also I, you might be able to explain this to me but so noah has previously told helga that they are working to avoid the apocalypse uh, and in fact no i think helga says that in this scene that Noah was said they, they were trying to avoid the apocalypse and the, mm-hmm. and the, the time travelers are the ones who are trying to cause it yet we know that adam has told noah that they must ensure that it actually occurs so i don't know whether this is just a case of helga not being in on it or whether i've misunderstood something uh i th- well i would understand that to mean at this point that helga maybe isn't in on it okay there's like maybe that because i don't think knowing helga the character so far i don't think he would participate in trying to end the world no i don't i don't think like it feels like everything like he was just about on board 
with trying to send kids back through time and accidentally killing them, which is my read yeah. on 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 his partition um, particip- participation rather. Um, but yeah, ending the world, <laughs> I feel like that'd be a hard sell for him. Yeah, it t- like it took him like three kids to realize, like three dead kids to realize I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Where whereas it, I'm pretty sure like all the kids in the world, the first time you would be like, nope. Yeah, I don't think um, so. I, yeah, there's also like I don't want to make theories for you, but. <laughs> I was also thinking at this stage in the show as well, like maybe I, I did. I picked up on that myself. The idea that he sort of there's been talk about one side trying to stop an apocalypse, one side, side trying to start an apocalypse, and there was kind of like a bit of back and forth on who was actually doing what, right? Yeah. So I, I, I at this point was thinking to myself, right? Well, does Noah want to cause the apocalypse? But by causing the apocalypse, is actually starting something afresh like that's what i kind of thought yeah um so so it's like it's like he does want to end the world but actually the world won't be ended because it will start something you know what i mean that's what i thought yeah i mean that's kind of what i'm still wrestling with at the moment which will become more apparent as a separate episode goes on with this sort of looming specter of older claudia knowing everything that's going on and yet ending up in not great situations um and you know what that means um uh-huh yeah i won't say anything now but i feel like the baton has been passed to some very unlikely characters in this episode which i'm really really interested to see more of okay awesome can't wait to hear about that so talking of older claudia in the next scene we see that agnes is sort of working with her in a way yeah very inconspicuous agnes just walking through the woods in a bright yellow dress (laughs) yeah um you know uh so she's she's she doesn't do things subtly um which is strange for one of the biggest liars in the show, but still. Uh, so she comes down into the bunker. Um, Claudia's talking about that her brother is a blind fool. I'm sure at yeah. this point you were like pumping your fist going, I think I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, she gives uh, Agnes a newspaper. Um, yes. And then Agnes says, today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I've, I didn't, actually figure out what they were talking about in regards to the newspaper the first time i watched this um so the ending caught me by complete surprise really but um because the thing i was i really focused on in this in this scene was how claudia knows about noah and helga being back helga she presumably could have heard maybe that the the doppler boy has come back you know from a conversation she maybe overheard but we literally before this scene we see noah get back to the to the 50s we see him walk out of the walk out the church which prompted another question in my mind which is that does the church have a time machine in it because he walks out of that in 1952 and claudia immediately knows that he's back which makes me think there's something going on there um well, this is Claudia at the end of her life, so we don't know whether she knows literally everything that's happening everywhere, or you know, you know what I mean. So we don't know how much she is in in the know at this point, anyway. So maybe she just knows the movements of everyone at this stage. Who knows? Well, yeah, but what would she know it from? Is more the thing. Like, is it all written down in the pages that she's stolen, or is it is it something mm, else? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so but uh, as you say, maybe she was in the bushes watching him do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then she sprinted to the to the bunker. Um, yeah, but finding out Noah is Agnes's brother makes it, it, it takes us in a really interesting direction. Um, 
And there's a very interesting line from Agnes as well, where she says, renouncing your blood means freeing yourself. You said so yourself, which begs the question, what blood has Claudia renounced? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's great stuff. Um, also, there's a little uh, line at the end of the scene uh, where Claudia says, "My uh, yeah, she says, my mother uh, loves you. Yeah. She'll make you very happy if you let her. Yeah. It's um, which to me seems to confirm that Agnes is seducing Doris under instruction, and it seems like it's probably Claudia's instruction, um, which is heartbreaking in its own way. Actually, that she's sort of forcing her mother to leave her father um, through something that's completely orchestrated and and not real. Yeah. So, what why, what's your thoughts on as to why Agnes is is sort of having to do this if she is? Well, I mean, I know this is, I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I know this is kind of a a lazy answer, but Claudia keeps on saying that everything needs to happen the way it has happened, because she's, like, she's getting things in place for the apocalypse to be avoided, or, well, for for things to be fixed, I guess, is the the sort of more broad and... um, like kind of imprecise way that she's saying it so i guess this is just part of that that she knows that her mother needs to leave her father um Mm. and therefore agnes is kind of playing that part in seducing her away from him Mm, interesting yeah um probably yeah i was probably falling the same same spot as you like she sort of she's sort of hinting or pushing for her parents marriage to split up which some scenes later on this episode make that extra sad because, you know, there did seem to be a nice relationship between her and her dad at, at one point. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Like, and, the, you know, this, this this entire family is being torn apart by this. <clears throat> and it is Claudia that is doing it. And I don't believe she's doing it maliciously. I mean, I, I would assume if we're looking at what will happen as a result of this, we know that Doris leaves um, Egon eventually. And it wouldn't surprise me mm-hmm. if that split in the marriage is what causes Egon to leave this house, which then lets it become the Nielsen house, um, which presumably is how then Ulrich and, and Mads and, um, and uh, uh, Mikkel will, 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 will come to be involved in time travel as well. So th- I would assume that's, that's, oh, yeah. that's Cloudy's end game here, but it is heartbreaking for her to have to just pull apart her family um, in order to, fulfill a, a future that that is kind of involved it's not good for anyone involved i don't know what happens to doris but i can't imagine it's that good given we know agnes is doing this under direction yeah yeah this will paint sorry sorry picture so next is uh this is this very much is the episode i feel where like claudia is the character of claudia is very much like okay i'm in the game now yeah. in the in the next scene when she talks to h.e tanhouse i i wrote as a note claudia is starting to believe open brackets insert matrix meme close brackets because <laughs> that's what this feels like in this episode in, in this episode is that He's starting to believe middle middle claudia is is on board now yeah yeah definitely uh, so uh, H.G. Townhouse has a few different scenes with him and Claudia, sort of also mirroring uh, him and the stranger in episode eight of season one. Yeah, that's um, right. so, sort of throughout uh, the, the episode, and he's talking about all sorts of things, like uh, talking about bootstrap paradoxes. Yep. Uh, talking about uh, Claudia's future self coming and telling him that she would visit when she was younger, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, no, the, the the bootstrap paradox in um, 
in particular. It's a lovely visual that that, that Tannhaus creates, but it's it's um, really nicely illustrated with the um, with the book, the name of which I've forgotten again. But um, the journey through time. Yeah, through the the journey through time book, but also with um, Claudia's own actions. So later in this episode, someone who looks suspiciously like an older version of his daughter will turn turn up and speak to um, speak to a young Egon. And you you have a, 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 a during the um, the prison part of this, which we'll get into as well. Um, Tannhaus doing the voiceover saying, "We see these kind of paradoxical examples of bootstrap theory." Uh, bootstrap paradox in our day-to-day lives but we ignore it because it's it doesn't make sense and then you see these really mm-hmm. clever little examples of it dotted throughout this episode and in fact throughout the whole series yeah awesome um yeah because those are just going to keep multiplying because when you have this many people going through time yeah. and stuff, it's just going to keep, Can't bloody keep track of them all yeah exactly uh so then uh egon is uh goes and sees old ulrich in the sort of asylum or psych ward or whatever this is yeah um, and uh, it, 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 well, it, there was a very short scene of him in the 50s, actually, and it cuts to this. Uh, I don't really know if there's any... I'm sure there's a difference there, but what did you think of this scene where he's he's showing Ulrich the record? And I think Ulrich's talking about how he, you know, he's, he can't believe how out of touch he is or whatever. Yeah, I, I think the, the one before this, the in the uh, police station in the 50s, I didn't really get a good sense of what that the purpose of that scene was because it just seemed like it was just... Daniel and Egon saying, "Oh, maybe there was an accomplice to the guy, um, to, to Ulrich." Um, oh, I, yeah, yeah. Which... I think, I think, it, I think, I th- actually, you've rem- you reminded me. I think it was them trying, in a way, to to to. It was, it was like because there was a chance. Like, if this is a, if there's a new person, if this people are still going missing, then maybe, maybe that uh, Ulrich, or who they don't know his name, but Ulrich didn't do it. Yeah, and then they very quickly convince each other. Oh no, he must have bit. bit he must have had an accomplice. Mm. So they sort of doubled down in their mind that no, the Ulrich or unnamed person who's in jail must be the killer still, even though uh, Helga is uh, very clearly just come back from somewhere. So it's clearly there's some, something else going on. Yeah, um, they, they doubled down on the fact that no, he is still guilty. Yeah, I, I just felt felt a bit odd to be honest because I had assumed all of, that they thought all of this without having this scene. But um, maybe it's just a lead. It, in but to... it also gave a reason for him to go and visit him too. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's just a lead into the Egon and Ulrich stuff. But um, yeah, it's nice that Egon finally get like in the eighty seven scene. It's nice that Egon finally gets a name. Um, but he still he still feels like he's kind of focusing on the wrong thing here, and and it's interesting that Ulrich and Egon are kind of fixated on one another or Egon more on Ulrich than than vice versa when to be honest I don't think either of them really are going to get very far with this because we know Egon hasn't got long to live yeah yeah true um I also I also like the idea of these two characters um based on where they started uh in like sort of the 80s with old Egon you know uh, really having an out for young Ulrich, yeah, and I, like where they are now, these two characters sort of sitting there as old men together. It's really quite poetic. Yeah, there. I and I wonder if that is where this arc is going to lead, with just them kind of facing their the ends of their lives together, neither having really achieved very much, but but kind of wanting to like finding some degree of solace and respect um, in in the other's company. Um, I hope. I hope. Egon gets a certain degree of that because he's easily the most disrespected character in the entire show at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
Okay, so then uh, we do get the scene where Egon goes to see. So this is sort of, they went from a scene where Ulrich and Egon were sort of together as old men, and then they're going back 33 years before when Egon is going to visit Ulrich, the same two characters, and he's going to visit him in the prison. Yeah, and it's it's a lovely mirror, you know, the two of them in their 70s or late 60s, and then the two of them in probably their early 40s or maybe, maybe mm-hmm. close to 50s. Um the the one thing that really struck me in this um, scene was th- some really nice work done by the actor who plays Ulrich. The sort of vague look yeah. of disappointment on his face when uh, it's sort of confirmed that that Helga is alive um, is mm-hmm. is really well done. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he sort of he he, tr- he goes to say his name, but he doesn't say anything and then once he leaves he sort of whispers I am Ulrich Nielsen yeah like he's just too sedated to say it and it's I know I know some people get annoyed with things like that because they're a bit kind of they're a bit kind of filmy to to be like mm-hmm. oh it's convenient that no one heard him say that but I it, it worked for me this it's just the, the particularly on a show about about time these these sort of thin margins um along which massive massive developments can either happen or not happen depending on whether you hear something or not um are quite are quite satisfying and yeah this one definitely works for me yeah and these sort of like you know wink wink nudge nudge at the camera moments don't happen very often no absolutely not um so when they do happen they are it does give you a certain amount of satisfaction to it as well um okay so from there then we get uh Ulrich sort of really researching the case again yeah um and he finds he's finding links between Mikkel's case and Ulrich's and, and Ulrich's case yeah so from Ulrich's case from the 50s and Mikkel uh being the new child who arrived in Winden in uh, like seven seven eight months ago mm. um so he's starting to see the links so it's all there for him isn't it it it's is like, it's all in front of him he just it's it's maddening because people have put together more with so much less and he's just because he's just, so rubbish as a cop he can't do it yeah like like think of what Ulrich used to put it all together in season one it was much less than what he has <laughs> yeah, been given he's literally he's got the whole the whole puzzle in front of him the only thing he doesn't have is Noah I think oh no in fact Helga I think maybe name drops Noah to him a couple of episodes ago in the in the psych uh the psychiatric hospital so I think he literally has everything <laughs> yeah he might actually yeah crazy uh anyway so he's sort of going through he's realized um so and then Noah pays a visit to Greta and young Helga, uh, and he gets him to read a verse from the Bible. Yeah, so I have some thoughts about this. Like, so okay. Gre- Greta, the way she sort of very, very rigidly recants Bible verse or, or, or sort of talks in, in terms of, of the Bible, and the way she looks at him, uh, him being Noah, almost unblinkingly, makes me think that she is infatuated with him and sort of fanatically devoted to to i think broadly to religion but but more specifically Mm -hmm. to noah and i'm i'll say this now because it's one of the theories i came out this episode with but i've got a few um i suspect that she has slept with him given how she looks at him and we know that helga isn't burn's child so i wonder if helga is literally noah's son um based on this scene interesting um okay and they're sort of after he gets helga to say like a bible verse the the won't you stay a while from greta felt like there was more to that than just saying oh hang let's around make for another one yeah um and you know noah telling her let's, to be let's a make another one and not screw it up this time yeah, yeah exactly um yeah make one that's less weird please uh, but, 
uh, and Noah being like, no, just be a good mother to this one, please. I'm off to do some murders. Um, yeah. But yeah, this was a great scene. Um, I'm really interested to see what what Noah's relationship with Greta. We'll see if we see what more we get from this relationship. Okay, cool. Uh, that's I love that little that little theory. Wasn't expecting a theory there, but we got one. Yep. Um, so I think <laughs> I can just imagine like certain characters. Uh, you're gonna like be predicting that they have like eight kids. I'm not joking. Like there was this episode, I was going through being like, oh, I think this person's this kid as well. And by the end of it, I was like, they can't have had four kids in one go. <laughs> like, so, so there's yeah, it's uh, time traveling priest uh, gigolo. Yeah, yeah, just uh, like a woman in every port, but instead of ports, it's uh, every time. He just like pops up in the twenties to impregnate someone, and then's like, "Bye, I'm off to the fifties now." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got to keep the time. <laughs> but yeah, no, there, there was a lot, a lot of the theories that I got out of this one were to do with who people's parents and children were. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's good. Uh, okay, can't wait to hear them. So uh, next we have Egon pays a visit to uh, Enos. Yeah, and um, he asks Enos if uh, if if Michael. Um, we'll call him Michael now. That's his name at this point. Yeah. So. Um, Egon asks uh, Enos if Michael mentioned anything about the, the, the white devil. Yeah. So it gets mentioned again. Mm-hmm. It's definitely been built upon. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really not sure about this one. Like, my, my theory is that it's Claudia, just p- almost purely because of the hair. But I wonder who else who else it could be. I, sp- I mean, I suppose older Helga had white hair as well, but I don't, I don't really see that necessarily being the being something that he would fixate on although i suppose they did have that conversation hmm. um shortly before so you think he, helga is referring to himself as the white devil i mean he could be but i, I i've not I, i've really not got anything more than educated guesses about who the white devil might be at the moment but i think it's i still think it's probably claudia but it could also be his, yeah. his older self um just because uh, just because hair color really yeah but um this this In, um yeah. oh sorry go on no, I was literally just going to say device uh, <laughs> a Teufel. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> like, every, every every single time I think of the White Devil, I just think of that. Uh, well, uh, uh, like apropos of nothing, that uh, like this scene has me um, questioning my opinion of Venus. I, th- I think yes. It's... Why? Why? I was going to mention this next. Yeah. So she. That I kind of we spoke about this briefly in the last episode, and it was something that I mentioned back all the way back in episode five, I think, of season one, where I was sort of saying I was interested to see how Enos negotiated Mickle or Michael's desire to get back to his correct time, and I feel like we had the first hint of it here, which is that she's not negotiating it; she's <laughs> denying it even exists and potentially drugging him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't seem great to be honest um yeah yeah and lying to police about this i i, I couldn't actually honestly remember if mickle has mentioned his parents names to enos yet but i feel like he must have even off camera at this point um yeah you know it's she just shoved shoved a load more sleeping pills yeah in. and she was just like no he didn't mention them <laughs> like the so she lies to the police and then drugs him up which i it's yeah it's hard to get a read on exactly what's going on here, but it's not a great first look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, interesting enough. It's uh, it is complete. It's com- the complete opposite of what you were thinking was going to happen because their relationship seems so warm and nice in the first. Series. Yeah, I thought she'd be like, okay, I don't want to lose you, but I understand why you might want to go. 
And then this is like, nope, you're staying with me. <laughs> like, yeah, I think w- once he was in her house, he he was like, hang on a minute, I need to get out of here. Like, you know, I'm not in the hospital anymore. I need I need to actually get home. Yeah. And she was like, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a gift from God. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so does Mads. Look forward to him coming back. Um, <laughs> in a few episodes time um and yasin um the uh, yasin's still about yeah yes yasin, yasin's fine yeah he's the, that he's still uh, still hanging out um <laughs> the the photo of um mickle um made me think of um ulrich's prison photo in this as well i feel like you don't give photos to other people lightly in dark so i feel like that's going to come back i wonder if clausen is going to f- see that in something actually did it not already come back in this very episode? Well, it do, it, yeah, I mean, it comes back in this episode because I suppose all Rick has it actually in his possession in the eighties, doesn't he? So it's not in a, it's not in a file. Um, I was expecting it to be kind of like t- tucked away in a police file, and then Clausen to mm-hmm. find it in twenty nineteen and be like, oh, this is the same boy who went missing a year ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that could still happen. Yeah, though, it know, could definitely. Do. Um, okay, so. Uh, Next, we get the confirmation scene that Noah and Agnes are siblings in the church. Yep. Um, Agnes sporting a the yellow dress, as you say. I just love. I don't know the, the two of them, like Noah in the all black with the priest, yeah. you know, and and her her outfit here. This is a very visually pleasing scene, even just for the costume. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know the yellow. I feel like the color coding is very clear because it, you know it's a color that speaks to sort of cowardice and betrayal. Um, and not not to say Agnes is cowardly. I I have my thoughts about her actions in this episode, but I think that's what it's hinting at is this kind of. Yeah. This yellow, yeah, yellow bellied. Um, but this is a great scene, and there's a rawness to Noah's performance here, which kind of confirms that this is the truth. You know, he's sp- the way he speaks, uh-huh. he feels like what she has done in breaking away from Adam's group has has hurt him on a on a deep sort of personal level. Um, yeah, and it just hints at so much more as well. You know, this this like idea that Claudia has manipulated both of them means, you know, they must have quite significant history with Claudia and, and Agnes was a, a part of Adam's cult at one point and now isn't. And yeah, there's just so much to be read from this. Yeah, definitely. And also they get, you get the little sort of bit of uh, plot progression in a way as well, where uh, Agnes reveals that uh, Claudia has the last pages, yeah. uh, which we know that uh, Noah has been searching for. And also she gives the newspaper that Claudia gave her, to Noah. Yes. Yep. Um, I still hadn't put two and two together in regards to the newspaper at this point. If I'm honest, I was fixated on. Oh, other I stuff. don't think. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's it's such a good scene. This. Uh, I, I'm. Agnes continues to be a character that I just I'm really struggling to get a read on, but she's she's fascinating to watch. Yeah, and she says um, that she wants to come back before the start of the last last cycle. What do you think that means? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not 100% sure of that. So, I mean, we've talked about cycles, um, uh, like, before in this, and the, the, they said the beginning of the last cycle was the um, the stretch in 2020 um, where, um, you know, the lead-up to the apocalypse, basically. So, I'm not... To me, that doesn't make sense. In, in regards to that. So I feel like there must be something else that, that, that she's referring to in terms of a cycle here. Um, whether it's... I don't know, actually, because they're in the 50s. So it could be the 80s. 
I'm not sure to be honest. It, it like it confused me more than it confirmed anything. Um, but it, but it feels like to me that their group operates very strictly within these sort of set periods where people are time traveling and and those are what they refer to as cycles so i guess that's what she's talking about but it's still very much open for open for interpretation at the moment to me yeah okay definitely okay so moving on then we get in my opinion if you were to take three scenes from all of dark three scenes that have that happen concurrently the next three scenes are my favorite three of the whole the whole show um i just love i love what the what the writers and the director did mm. in these scenes yeah. and i'm you know i'm talking about the three claudia egon scenes yeah, they're, they're fantastic yeah so there's like three in a row first of all you get old claudia and and middle-aged egon yeah then you get middle-aged claudia and old egon and then you get young claudia and middle-aged egon yeah and the the story that's told in these three scenes alone is just absolutely breathtaking yeah i mean it's it's like a it's like almost people use these terms quite flippantly i think but this is like a movie in three scenes it's it's so yeah. it's so touching isn't the word it's just heartbreaking and it's once you especially once you know what happens to claudia at the end of this episode it mm-hmm. it, it adds another layer to it it's already very very touching and heartbreaking seeing her try to well see her try to reform these relationships or fix these fix these relationships and egon do the exact same thing but then when you get the added um sort of drama of knowing that these are two old people who are knowingly at the end of their life and they're desperately trying to just get some kind of closure and peace when it comes to the relationships to the people closest to them and knowing that neither of them are really going to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, the the, like older cloud in the, so in the first scene, it's, it's such a lovely scene and it's, I think it's made in this case by the actress who plays older Claudia because there's such palpable sadness in her performance. Um, And you know, her just, just apologizing to this man who doesn't know who she is and doesn't know what she's saying uh, but it, mm-hmm. but it's all she can do because she's stuck in the fifties. So this is going to have to do as a as a sort of way of her trying to salvage that relationship. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't, I don't want to talk on this for for too long without letting you go. But oh, it's it's so good. And the, the the middle scene in this definitely had a had a had me with a lump in my throat. Yeah, it looks like the, the abrupt. I have cancer. He's a, he's sick of being dismissed by her. Yeah. Um. It's, I have cancer. There's there's a particular line that rep repeats in the first of these scenes and the last of these scenes, and I in my, in my opinion, if this show was a chronological passage of the character arc of Claudia, that when 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 older Claudia says you're you're much too good a person, uh, the world doesn't deserve you. Yeah. When she says it the first time, obviously we as audience members are hearing that for the first time, her saying that to her father while she's an old woman. He doesn't really know what's going on. So it's it doesn't actually bear that much weight. Mm. But then whenever we get it when she's a young girl and we realize that she said it because the young her as a young child said, said it on the same day, you're much too good a person, Papa, the world doesn't deserve yeah. you. Can you imagine now on a rewatch how knowing once you've watched the whole thing this is what i watch how i watch it this time i've seen the whole show i know exactly claudia's arc i know where she goes and everything like that and so i really felt when i when i i knew what was coming and when she said that i knew why she was apologizing and everything 
And uh, it really, to be honest with you, I, I was really sort of on the verge of tearing up because it had so much weight on the second viewing that that you're too much too good a person because I knew that's what he that that what she said when she was a child, you know. Yeah, and I, I think even even just without the knowledge of what's to come um, for Egon, although I kind of you know I have an idea in my head that it's probably not going to be that great um, for him <laughs> as a character. But yeah, I, I was one. Why stop now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I yeah I was exactly the same. It was it's, you know that's why she's saying it, and 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 you know there's a there's a commitment or a conviction to those words as well. You know she believes them absolutely. She's not. I think that's that's the thing that got me about this this set of scenes was that the fact she says it when she's ten or or twelve or however old she's supposed to be the, when in in the fifties means that she's not just saying this because she feels older Claudia is not just saying this because she feels guilty it's something that mm-hmm. she felt when she was 12 and she still feels when she's 70 and you know there's just a throughout this this set of three scenes there is an undeniable love and affection between these two characters and it's so heartbreaking that they've just never managed well actually no I'm not going to say never because young Claudia with her father in the final scene, there is a kind of resolution there where you do see that there was a time when they were close to one another and could, you know, share um, uh, these kind of feelings. But, but it's heartbreaking Mm -hmm. that in the first two scenes, it's clear that they lose it. And it's, it's so sad. Um, And yeah, like when in the middle scene, the the bit that really got me in this was after he's told uh, Claudia that he has cancer and her just running up to him and hugging him, which is kind of, all she has left to her at this point. She doesn't have time to fix these relationships with words or relationships. Yeah. So it's just a daughter hugging her dad, knowing that they're probably never going to see each other again, uh, which is, yeah, it's... Or, well, never going to see each other again in this, um, I guess, correct chronological sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. The, the, these three scenes really floored me in, in how good they were. Yeah, to be honest with you, ever since I started my YouTube channel, I have had a video essay on these three three scenes in my mind, and I'm still formulating how I would go about that because they they do deserve uh, you know uh, a really really good one. But it's something that I've definitely want, I've had views on and I've wanted to talk about from the start. So at least we got to talk about it here. But definitely, when I think of like second season of Dark, these three scenes pop into my head immediately. Yeah, no, I can totally see why. Awesome. Okay, so moving on, we get uh, more sort of development in the Auric Egon story. So Egon now goes around to uh, Auric. He's got a massive puzzle in front of him. <laughs> yeah. For an unhinged man, he can do do puzzles pretty yeah, well. Yeah, and play chess by himself as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, that's just a given. He is the inspector after <laughs> yeah. all. Uh, so basically, uh, Egon gives him uh, the Mickle photo and uh, Auric goes bonkers. <sighs> yeah, it's like he's not doing himself any favours here. Like, Auric is still even 33 years on just still just violent by nature <laughs> yeah like to be honest with you like i know people are going to be telling me you know come on he hasn't seen his son for 33 years he's been locked up okay yeah i agree with you there's a huge amount of pent-up aggression yeah there. of course there of course there is at the same time <laughs> sometimes you watch films on tv and you just think to yourself why are you acting yeah this like way? why do you go straight for the throat <laughs> like i mean <laughs> yeah. if he just stood up and shouted i'd be like you know what it's fair enough that's an understandable response. It's a lot of frustration. In my mind, I'm, I'm also like, 
why are you assuming that Egon knew the yeah, whole time? Exactly. Like, if he knew the whole time, why would he get? Why would he show look you at this Egon's now? face? He doesn't know what day it is. Never mind, like <laughs> who Mikkel is. Like he's struggling. To, he's still on creator albums. Like he's so far behind everyone else in this game. But maybe Ulrich in his mind is thinking like that's why you treated me so poorly whenever you whenever I was a teenager and stuff because you knew that my son had come you know maybe he had all this going on like, yeah you know, I mean I, I, that... Ulrich is nothing if not a self obsessed character and you know very self pitying so I could totally um, and I, and I say that you know understanding that there are some things that he deserves to feel sad about and deserves to. Um, yeah, like there's there's no there's no there's no denying that where he is at this, at this moment of the story is very sad, um, and it's, a, it's he's almost turned into a bit of a tragic character yeah, at this stage. Yeah. There's no denying that. But it, yeah, he doesn't do himself any favors. No, definitely not. Um, okay, so then we get uh, the scene we heard about earlier in the episode where Claudia, old Claudia. I love how we have to specify all, all this oh, now. My notes. We're so uh, we're, we're so deep in the show. We have we have all these different versions. Every, every of one of my like I, I basically when I take notes, I go on a scene by scene basis, and every one of them is like Tanhouse fifty three, Egon and Ulrich eighty seven. Like it's <laughs> for God's sake, there's got to be an easier way. Yeah. I suspect it's going to get harder before it gets does. easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, this uh, scene is the one where she goes to see HG Tanhouse yep. in the fifties. Bootstrap continues. Uh, yeah, so she gives the book. So now we see that this this is going to happen. Uh, so yeah, I think this probably just confirmation of like this is this is the payoff for that bootstrap paradox conversation rather than anything yeah, else. Yeah, um, and, and you know also Claudia once again talking in quite cryptic terms about the end uh, that she perceives, um, which I still have no idea how this is getting fixed. To be honest, like, I don't understand Claudia's plan, but I trust Claudia implicitly by the end of this episode. Uh, yeah, she has that air about her, does, like does, like for a real disheveled old woman who yeah. seems to have just been living in a pit. Like she she does give a give an air of you know I know what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, no, I definitely like if she if she like if this was the Terminator Two situation, but instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger walking out of the lift and saying "Come with me if you want to live," it was her. I'd still be like, yeah, <laughs> okay, this she knows what's up. Yeah, yeah, but, you know she's sort of she's sort of half Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Terminator, half the Bird Woman from Home Alone two. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah. There's definitely a lot of that in there. That's great. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, here comes here comes the montage. So this, um, this montage should be called "Everyone's in Their PJs." <laughs> Everyone's in their PJs having a, having a midnight ticket. Yeah, it's a lot of people. Well, yeah, like Agnes and Doris wish they were in their PJs, so <laughs> or or out oh, of yeah, them, yeah. as the case may be. Um, and Egon's just watching on desperately. <laughs> Poor Egon. Did you get the flowers, Mom? <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, bless him. Yeah. Um, so I think also we get that we mentioned also earlier the praying scene. This very much just again was. A very short. It was only about a minute long, I think, uh, maybe even forty-five seconds. This one, yeah. but it was very much just like, all right, let's just check in. What have we done? What have we learnt so far before we ramp it up at the end? It was. It, was, um, it was a shame, actually. But, well, not a shame. But, I mean, it was. You know, it was a fine montage. Nothing wrong with it. But it had a really lovely song choice, um, mm-hmm. which uh, stood out to me. Um, but it, I felt like this was really leading into uh, the next scene. 
Yep. So the next scene, which we'll talk about in a minute, before before we do, I just wanted to say about this. Uh, usually the montage is like happens the montage, then there's like maybe a scene or sometimes two scenes after the montage, and then the, the episode's over. Yeah. Right. Um, in this episode, there was like four scenes after the montage, and I, which is which is fine. That's absolutely fine. But I kind of just like as I was rewatching it, I forgot that there was so much after the montage. Yeah. So I kind of had the same feeling as I did when I was finishing watching Lord of the Rings Return of the King. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hope you like endings because there's going to be about yeah. 15 of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, so I thought I'd mention that. But um, <laughs> so we, we, we get uh, Claudia and uh, Noah in the woods. Yep. Um, and she ends up dead. I don't want to, I don't want to really, I don't want to unpack too much out of this. We're sort of getting into the state, the stage in the show where I could help you read in too much to things where I read in too much to things, yeah. but maybe I shouldn't have and stuff. Well, so I, I will say this. My first thought in this scene was that I get a very Vader killing Obi-Wan vibe from this scene. Um, like this is the, uh, maybe I'm, maybe this is wishful thinking, but the way Noah is at the end of this episode, the cracks are starting to show, and I feel like him killing Claudia is really the beginning of it, where mm. he's questioning his commitment to Adam, he's questioning what he has done in the past, what he's going to do. You know, there's that flash of indecision in his face where Claudia says, "Oh, you know, if you like, if you actually had free will, you'd be able to make a choice here," which is in my head was very much a "If you strike me down, I shall become more possible than you could possibly, <laughs> or more powerful than you can possibly imagine." Kind of line. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we're going to get a Claudia Force Ghost. I felt like, we, although I would yeah, we, bloody we, love it if we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like with Yoda, yeah. and, <laughs> and Hayden Christian, or Gretchen, no Gret- Gretchen, yeah, Gretchen. <laughs> Oh yeah, that'd be great. Gretchen and Yasin on either side of it. Yeah, we also can't move past this part uh, of talking about that part in Star Wars without mentioning that in the first Star Wars or either episode four, uh, Obi Wan refers to Darth Vader as Darth, <laughs> as if that's his first name. Yeah. It's like calling someone Mister. It's like you it's can't win Darth. Uh, yeah. He doesn't know. Like, like he was just doing it for a paycheck. He doesn't pay attention to the script. Um, but yeah, so that was the sense I got from this is that Claudia is doing it like basically by the end of this episode, it really caught me off guard this because I, I, it didn't really change my impression of Claudia weirdly. I still had in my head, Claudia knows what's going on. Claudia will fix everything. Trust Claudia. But in my head, I figured it was going to be old Claudia who would be fixing everything because she's the one who has the knowledge and the experience. Um, you know, she's gone through this whole process and, kind of similar to the stranger you know she's at the point now mm-hmm. where she knows how to do everything so for her to die presumably means that middle claudia is going to be the one to to sort everything out maybe even young claudia i don't know um but but i will also just say they're all the same claudia well yeah but it but i mean they're the same claudia in the sense uh, it, it brings me back to uh, to mind of that qu- uh, conversation that hannah and Yo- and stranger Jonas have where he says mm-hmm. imagine each of these different versions of me as a different person even though they are still yeah. the same person you know they kind of exist independently and and this really hammered that home for me mm-hmm. um so i still you know trust claudia hashtag trust claudia but like um she uh the fact that it's now going to be the middle or young claudia who's going to fix everything is really interesting to me and what this did to noah is the thing that that really really stands out to me as well i can't wait to see where his character goes from here yeah and out of curiosity actually one thing i wanted to uh ask is um 
when you say that, like, you know, like the middle cloud is the one that's going to do it. Do you view this Claudia as setting the table for the next Claudia to sort of break off and do her own thing? Or do you view this Claudia as having already done what you what you what you thinking that middle Claudia is going to do? Uh, no. So, yeah, I don't think middle Claudia, I don't think old Claudia, when she was middle Claudia, did the things that current middle Claudia is going to do. Okay. So, so in cool. my head, um, old Claudia has done everything up up until this point as it was done before, but she has put the pieces in place for current middle Claudia to do something different. Okay, interesting. Uh, great. Um, there's also um, so he gets Noah gets the uh, the pages. He sees that yeah, uh, sort of we're revealed in Agnes's hand. I think she is she burning it the newspaper. I can't quite remember. Anyway, we see it anyway, and uh, we see that it was about an unidentified unidentified woman's body in the yeah. woods, and it was a picture of sort of Claudia. Um, and it's, it's almost as if like Claudia knew she was going to yeah. die, and she walked into it. Which is it. why in like so she actually the, Agnes is just 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 keeping the paper here, so she still has it. And and oh, when okay, Claudia, okay. when older Claudia gave it to her, she told her to give it to her younger self. And the fact that Agnes still has it, there's no reason for her to still have it if if all she wanted to do with it was give it to Noah so that she could betray Claudia. So to my mind, mm-hmm. Agnes hasn't actually switched sides here, and she's uh, she's her giving it to Noah first was part of the plan. Um, so, yeah, I still think that middle Claudia is, or maybe even young Claudia, is um, is getting a hold of this, getting hold of this paper. Interesting. Uh, there's also uh, Noah who finds the missing pages. Oh, this is so, I hate this scene. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's just like this... The way he responds to it, just throwing out little things that are completely unexplained and make me want to watch the next episode. I just he just like starts crying and then says, "Charlotte, that can't be it." And I was like, "What about Charlotte? Tell me the truth." <laughs> it's maddening. Yeah, maddening. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm sure I, I'm sure we'll get into more of that in the roundup. Uh, but like, there's two more scenes left, and we'll sort of go through them quickly because yeah. I'm weary of the time at this point. So, um, Claudia travels through time for the first time um and she sees uh regina her daughter uh with cancer on the balcony so i like the way the first thing she did was to go see her daughter um yeah uh what did you think yeah it was really touching um you know her her reaction when seeing her daughter and also very interesting uh that adam is the one doing the voiceover during this um which obviously then Mm -hmm. leads into the next scene um the we are connected through our blood definitely ties into my everyone's a goddamn Nielsen uh, theory, uh, <laughs> which uh, we'll get into more in a little bit. Um, oh, uh, Adam referred to what in that way? So he he's he's just saying, um, I, I can't remember the exact lines, but one of the lines he says is we are connected through our blood. Um, oh, and it shows the picture of like yeah, the four it shows families. The, yeah, that's right. So yeah. it cuts to the next scene where it shows a picture of the four families and then ends with him saying, everyone gets what's coming to them, which is... Uh, yeah, I'm not, I wonder. That's a very mob bossy thing. Yeah, to say, isn't like it? I wonder who might be the next one to get what's coming to them. Um, and yeah, Noah lying to Adam about the pages. That seems like a big moment for Noah's character development. All I'm all I'm saying is, I, I Noah babyface turn. I called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, like 
at the end of season one, there was like, the, I think you also at the end of season one was were, were sort of alluding to that back then even wasn't yeah, it? it was I mean, that early because I think, I think you were saying that he was just so bad that he couldn't keep up being that just the big bad yeah like with I, no redeeming I, I think, features forever. I think my opinion at the end of season one was that he's really evil, so I struggled to see how they're going to redeem him. But I think they could move him into a sort of grey area in the middle ground where mm-hmm. you know he he starts to rail against a bigger bad guy and that seems to be yeah, what's you, happening yeah. here and i can't wait to see how they do it because yeah noah is noah is a great character this is this is like the rock in 1998 or 1999 <laughs> it's a big hit, big face <laughs> turn coming up here yeah you, you, you build you, you have him be so bad to the point where the crowd love yeah, him. yeah exactly they, the crowd him, turn him and they love him yeah. even more <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, no, I can't wait to see where this goes because Noah, Noah is Noah has so well the the first crack in the Noah Adam relationship is shown now. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so that was the end of the episode. Let's get right into the roundup. Yeah, let's then. do it. All right, so IMDb rating nine point two. That's. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think dramatically, this is such a strong episode. Maybe the best one so far. It just the the, the character work from Claudia and Egon really anchors the whole thing, and it is so good. Um, and there, there's a fair few really interesting plot hooks as well with the the, the mm-hmm. Agnes and Noah stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's deserved. Yeah, yeah. So do I. Uh, okay. So overall thoughts on this this episode? Yeah, I, th- I think it was really good. I think it was. It's it's hard to it's hard to really judge it in the grand scheme of the episodes because it's quite different to a lot of the ones that have come before it just because it's so focused mm-hmm. on really a really I think most episodes are focused on a small group of characters but this feels like it's focused on literally two characters I guess you could say Agnes and Noah also get a fair bit of focus here too but to me this is a Claudia and Egon special this one um, yeah but but yeah it was a really good episode and I I, I really can't speak highly enough about the whole episode but those three scenes that we we spent some time on in particular they were so well delivered and so well written well acted just everything about them was perfect yeah and they very deliberately as well um stuck to those two timelines yeah. the 80s and the 50s there was no only at the very very end whenever you're looking at regina on the balcony there was the 2020 yeah. stuff and then there's clearly no post-apocalyptic uh 50 2050 yeah. stuff yeah so it, it was it was a really yeah it was a, it was a very deliberate choice and i think it worked really well because it's going back and forth between those those two characters sort of beginnings and endings okay cool um all right so um any theories coming out of this episode okay so <clears throat> there there's a few so the, the first one is really a, a theory that i kind of had retrospectively but so going back to episode 1 uh the bit where the guy I believe to be older Bartos says that's why he called you Noah um, to the young mm-hmm. Noah when they're making the Sigmundus tunnel. And that combined with Agnes being revealed as Noah's sister and the idea that they kind of came up through the ranks of Adam's cult as children makes me think that they might actually literally be Adam's children, <laughs> which for those who aren't paying attention means well we'll we'll get into this a bit later but i i previously hypothesized that adam is an older version of jonas and that jonas also has children with 
Ellie that turned Whoa, someone's speeding past your like window a motorbike there. going past my window. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. It's fine. They must have been really yeah, cool. Yeah, they're probably doing a wheelie while they were doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, Jonas had children with Ellie who turned into Charlotte and the brown-haired girl. So Jonas is racking up the children. Is <laughs> like... Yeah. Um, so that's one. Um, I don't know if you want to say anything about that or do you want me to go on to my other ones? Um... Remind me again what that was. So I, I, I the motorbike, the motorbike. Oh, I think yeah. So I think Noah and um, Noah and Agnes are literally Adam's children. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, Adam's children. Okay, my, my my one thing that I'll sort of quiz on that without saying anything more is well then how do you square away the idea that um, uh, the guy who you presume is older Bartos said to young Noah, did you ever wonder what wh- why ask him why he took you in? Oh, does he say why he if took you his, in? Oh, yeah. I missed and that. Okay, fair not. enough. I, I I thought he just says I I went back and watched it and I didn't spot that line, but because so I just heard the why he called you Noah, which initially my first thought was like oh he did take him in, but then I started thinking about it more and I was like oh maybe he literally gave birth like he literally had him as a child, and that's what. Well, we'll have to rewatch that because in my mind in that scene he's always said that <laughs> I might just be making it up, but I've always had that in my mind that he said that. Now I'm not saying anything about the parentage of. Uh, Noah and Agnes there. I'm just saying that in terms of your theory at this stage, you might want to take something like that into well, account. Well, I'll I'll go back. I'll put that as a tentative on the theory matrix, and I'll go back and watch that that first episode again and see if he does talk about taking him in. Because if he does, then I'll re- I'll recant this and we'll scrub it off. Um, okay. Still interesting though. Interesting thoughts. Yeah. I think. Uh, well, and and likewise to that, um, Noah's reaction to the pages, um, specifically the way that he says Charlotte makes me wonder whether he might actually be Charlotte's father rather than Jonas just because that that mm. reaction seemed like the kind of reaction you'd have when you find out that someone is either your parent or your child um, so previously I'd said I think Jonas will have a relationship with Ellie at some point in the future and they will have children as a result of that I wonder if it might be Noah instead um so I need to get that squared away and decide which one of those two I think is going to be the the the, the father of Charlotte, um, and maybe, maybe it might even be something crazy like uh, Noah is is uh, Charlotte's uh, grandson or something. Yeah, it could be that as well. Um, and they definitely just seem like they're related to each other based on that reaction. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've already said this, but just to um, mention it again. Uh, so I think that Helga is. Noah's child, like that, definitely seems like that. That he and Greta might have had a a relationship based on the way she's acting, and it would be quite poetic for the boy who has like become his adopted child to be his actual biological child as well. <laughs> it's like just that just rocks back up, um, and and steals him away from Burnt. Um, yeah, yeah, and Burnt actually hasn't been around very yeah, much. Yeah, I don't uh, know what Burnt's in... up to. Just building the nuclear plant, I guess. Yeah, he's building it like brick by brick on his yeah, own. Yeah, well, no one else wants to work there after he got into it with the coal miners. Oh, no, the coal plant <laughs> operators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I'm awesome. I think I've got any others. Anything else? Uh, well, just the two about... So Agnes hasn't actually betrayed Claudia. Um, she was instructed to mm-hmm. get her killed, and uh, Claudia was the one who was telling Agnes to seduce her mother, so just little ones. <clears throat> okay, awesome. So, well, they'll go in the theory matrix yep. anyway. Um Okay, we've, well, we've only got one episode to go until we are halfway through season two. I know, two. we're absolutely flying through this. I keep forgetting that it's an eight-episode season, and then I and then I remember it, and I'm, I'm sad, because it means we have less dark to watch than I thought I did. 
Yeah, true, true. Uh, okay, so let's get into a new segment. Oh, drum roll, please. I, I don't know what it is, but when I kiss you, it's like I'm kissing my brother. All right, so this segment uh, was suggested by someone in the comments. I really should have remembered who suggested <laughs> it. Um, I'll give them credit next week for coming up with it. Um, and they came up with the idea of us doing um, sort of looking at the family trees after revelations of certain characters being being related. So, for example, this episode, we learned that Agnes and Noah are brother and sister. So now we can sort of talk about, well, who's related to who then? Um, because we know that Agnes is Tronta's mom, or at least that's what it's been presented as so yeah. far. So um, as well as that, this segment uh, we're going to call... Uh, Based on the fact that Jonas and Marta sort of had a little thing going, <laughs> and and they're also aunt and nephew, uh, we're going to call this uh, segment. Another commenter suggested we call it Wincest, oh, as in Vinden incest. Uh. So, 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 Conrad's not comfortable <laughs> with that. But, um, no, it's fine. It's a great name. Thank you, whoever suggested it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthony and Conrad's journey through. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh basically this week um we could have a, so i don't know sort of how the structure of this segment's going to go we're not sure you might have noticed we don't have a what the dub this week uh, there wasn't anything good but there will be whenever it is but anyway this uh so this segment well i'm just going to throw it through this out there to begin with right why what i realized is if if agnes is tronta's mom that means that uh noah is ulrich's great uncle yes yeah that's one thing yes well yeah so the whole it's it basically means that the entire sort of time loop is continues to be tied up in that nielsen family i think because we know that jonas is obviously well hold on i'm gonna i'm not gonna be able to nail down the exact relationships so mickle is is jonas's dad so that makes ulrich his grandfather which makes Tronta his great grandfather, which yeah would make Noah his Agnes's great great yeah great great uncle great great is, uncle is would it be a, is it yeah something like that, but so basically they're all they're all they, they all continue to be Nielsen's as it's as it as it appears at the moment. Yeah, so that's a good question actually. Like we don't know what Noah's last name is, or we don't even know if Noah's real name is Noah because he was given that name. We don't know if that was at birth. We all we know that Adam gave him the name, but we don't know when it was. So, yeah. Agnes is Agnes Nielsen, but what's Noah's name is sort of the, you know what I mean. The thing that I don't understand about their relationship is why she lied about him being her husband if they have no relationship with each other. I I, okay. So now that you know that they're brother and sister, I can sort of be a bit more, a bit more open about this. Yeah. I think at this stage in the show, I still didn't think that she was lying about that. I just thought that they, they, the show, like, I think, I did think at that time, well, we're still going to meet someone, maybe not a preacher, mm. but we're going to meet someone who fits that description to a certain amount that is Tronta's father. And that, that the show was just taking liberties to lead us down a rabbit hole. But what she was saying still had elements of truth within it. Like, she wasn't literally, like, pretending to Doris that, uh, that Agnes was, that Noah was her husband. Yeah, I, I, I think in my, uh, I think in my head I'm thinking, okay, she she is pretending she had a husband because having a child out of wedlock 
in the 50s was frowned upon. But yeah. I wonder whether her and Noah did actually get married um, because, you know, they obviously grew up in the cult of Adam or whatever, so no one actually knew who they were. And they got Matt... Jeez, that's taken... That's taken <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've gone, I've gone in a different direction <laughs> with this. Um, whether, but whether they did actually get married so that Noah's surname is also Nielsen and uh, Agnes took it when, when she married him, even though, you know, they, they were actually brother and sister. That's kind of what I'm thinking in my head, that Noah is also a Nielsen. But I will admit... That is me working backwards from my everyone is a Nielsen theory <laughs> to try and fit well, that the, square peg. The, the thing is, if 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 your new theory that uh, that Adam, your your new couple of theories that Adam is Jonas is one of your theories, yeah. and you're also the other, uh, so if that's true, and then your other theory that Agnes and Noah are the children of that uh, of Adam, that would mean that they're the children of Jonas, which means they're Nielsen. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, that's where that's partially where that. So theory you don't came really from. need to explain away the idea. Like you don't have to. You don't. You don't really have to have a. Your your theories accommodate the Nielsen. Everyone's a Nielsen thing. You don't actually have to try and get why she was pretending Noah was her husband, or did they get married or something? Even though the that is sister. true, yeah. You don't really need but to. But well, that. I, I'm operating on the assumption that I might have misheard that I think in episode one, and maybe Noah was taken in by by Adam. So I'm, I'm basically covering my bases and coming at the everyone as a Nielsen theory from every possible angle here to make sure that. Make sure yeah. that it makes sense. But so far, all the important um, people are either Tiedemanns or Nielsens, it feels like. Okay, I've got a question okay. for you. Does finding out that Agnes and Noah are brother and sister, does that make you make a conclusion on your Marta is Agnes theory? I still don't know about that. I feel like Marta's going to get involved in time travel. Because I think you also had a theory that Marta wasn't... Ulrich and Katarina's daughter. I did, daughter. yeah. That was um, that was based on the, um, the when they were going through the Ariadne stuff, and she was talking about yeah. how her father was the creator of the labyrinth, which to me would more obviously point at Adam as her father. Um, but you know, maybe her just being related to Adam is enough to kind of for that metaphor to hold up. But I don't. I feel like she's got to travel through time, and I feel like the fact that no one, the fact she hasn't popped up in another timeline yet, but there is a mysterious brown-haired woman who is involved in this makes still makes me think she might be Marta. Um, but okay. uh, but yeah. I mean, there's not really anything to confirm that beyond my previously established she has brown hair theory. Uh, which admittedly yeah. doesn't hold up to that much scrutiny. Yeah, well, by that by that account, Claudia is Eric. Well, I'm not ruling that out. I'm ruling nothing out. There was there was a part in my brain where I was like, "What if?" This doesn't make any sense either. But there was a part of my brain where I was like, "What if Noah and Agnes are Magnus and Marta?" Despite the fact that Noah looks nothing like Magnus. <laughs> yeah, well, we've already seen younger. Yeah, Noah but as well. you know, plastic surgery exists. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, Marta changed into the future. Yeah, girl, so, you know, exactly. It can happen. Yeah. Um, okay, awesome. I think I'm I'm gonna do what the listeners probably don't want me to do, or maybe they do want me to do this. I'm gonna throw you a bone in terms of getting your theories going. Okay. okay? And it's not it's it's not a bone in any way <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> okay, good. But but it's uh it's definitely a bone uh, that at this point in the show a lot of us had realized something, and I don't know if you did realize okay. it. Okay. 
Um, and I would like, because if you don't realize it now, it's gone. Like it's not going to be referred to again, and you're just going to miss out on the next fifteen episodes or whatever of uh, of, th- of of theorizing about it. Right. So, I, I think you'd prefer me to tell you, in the scene where uh, Agnes first arrives in Vinden and she's talking to Egon and um, Doris in their house, uh, they're talking to Agnes, and she and she mentions. They talk. They say, "Have you been to Wyndham before, or whatever?" And she mentions that her grandmother is from yeah. Wyndham. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll I, I have had that in my head, trying to figure out who. Her so the fan would be. base in general, the fan base in general, have <laughs> spent a lot of time on that. Yeah. <laughs> question. We'll just say that. Yeah. I like that is the it, that has been in the back of my mind. Like, who is her grandmother? For a while. I don't. Yeah. I. I I still don't know. I mean, I guess it could be, I guess it could be like one of, one of like Marta could be, could be her grandmother or something and she could be someone from the future. But uh, yeah, that like Agnes's grandmother's uh, identity continues to plague me and I'm not sure who it could be. I I think I might need to start drawing out like a family tree here to sort of see where all my theories position these people in it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you you could definitely do that. And we talked about that before, how uh, people had done that. Um, it's funny that we got almost to this middle of season two before you thought that you might need to I do that. I mean, I'm not a fan of paperwork when it comes to my television watching. I mean, very, very lazy person. <laughs> but maybe it's necessary. Yeah. All right, so that was season two, episode three of Dark. And I think I think that was a good one. Yeah, it was um, a banger. Very sad episode, but I think... Yeah, very sad episode, very sort of thoughtful episode, but I think we managed to get through it with a bit of levity. But um, so, uh, what are your final thoughts this week? Not about the episode in general, but just just life, life. Conrad. Everything's going great. The world's fine. Like and we're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The world's not going. Yeah, mad the at world all. isn't a dumpster fire, and we're all enjoying television and pretending the outside world doesn't exist. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm. This is in, on, in all seriousness. This is a lovely distraction from what would be an otherwise very stressful time. So I'm very grateful yeah, for yeah. it, and hopefully uh, everyone's still enjoying uh, watching along. Um, and, and yeah, I can't. This, this was a. I wouldn't say it was a downer of an episode. It was just a little bit more somber, a little bit more dramatic than than the others. But I, I can't wait to see where we're going. I, I, I've got got thoughts about where Noah's going from here, and I can't wait to see if they're right or not. Awesome. All right, guys. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe on podcasting apps if you want to listen to us that way. Um, and apart from that, we'll be back on Saturday with a question and answers video. If you want to leave a comment on this video, on my pinned comment, we can answer those questions for you for episode, what would that be? 16.5, I yes. think. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that'll be on next uh, Saturday after, after this. So there we go. I think we've only got one more thing to say, Conrad. Yep, I'll let you lead off. Goodbye. Goodbye.